2: I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Tobias Wells' neo Gothic tale of small town terror. A die in the country. Starring Peter Marshall, Susan Strasberg, and Andrew Duggan in Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour.
3: Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour, sponsored in part by
1: Quaker State Motor Oil, Phonique, and Bear Aspirin. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio.
2: In this, our mobile society, the act of physically moving one's family from one town to another is a relatively simple matter. The problem is leaving old friends behind and making new ones. Detective Newt Severson and his wife Brenda, having recently moved from Boston to the small suburban town of Wellesley, have begun making those new friends. However, they find themselves becoming more deeply involved in a web of intrigue and violence among their neighbors... While on an innocent errand to return a lost dog to their next door neighbor, Mercy Bird, Newt has come upon startling evidence which tends to incriminate still another of their new Wellesley friends. City living was never quite like this. A dionic country resumes after this word.
1: 200 million people live in America today. Within 30 years, our population is expected to increase by 50% to 300 million. President Nixon in his recent Congressional message expressed concern over the impact of population growth on the quality of life in America, specifically the burdens it will place on education, health, transportation, employment, housing, and our natural resources. At our present rate of growth, we would have to build a city the size of Tulsa, Dayton, or Jersey City every 30 days for the next 30 years to accommodate these additional 100 million Americans. A Planned Parenthood study shows that our population growth can be slowed if voluntary family planning help is made available to every family that wants it. Planned Parenthood provides family planning help all over America right now. Overpopulation, it's everybody's problem. Support Planned Parenthood. All I had
4: meant to do was let the dog in but I found scissors, glue, and three words cut from old newspapers to make a bitter accusation. It was murder. So, Mercy Bird was the sender of the poison pen letters being received by Rudolph Wharton.
3: Newt. What
0: are you doing in
4: here? I, uh, found Algernon. It
0: looks as if that's not all you found.
4: Why, Mercy... Why have you been sending these letters to Rudolph Wharton?
0: Because it's true. The man murdered his wife. What makes you even think that? I don't think it. I know it. Don't ask me how. I just do.
4: Then you've no evidence, no proof.
0: Not the kind you mean. But I know the kind of man Rudolph Wharton is, and I know the kind of person Ernestine Mayhew was. She wouldn't just go away like that. He killed her, I tell you.
4: Mercy, making such a terrible accusation against the man with no proof is going to land you in serious trouble.
0: Why doesn't somebody look for proof? Of a man like Wharton wanted to get rid of a body, he'd find a way. Has anybody dug up his cellar, unlocked his trunks, examined his flower bed? Uh, Mercy,
4: you've been writing too many mystery stories.
0: You're a detective, aren't you? You know damn well murders are committed and bodies are hidden all the time. The only difference is nobody's looking for this one.
4: Nobody is looking for Ernestine Mayhew's body because the woman is alive and well, Ah. living with her sister in California. Chief Torrance has a letter from her, and he also talked to her on the telephone. Oh, then the police do suspect something. No, no, no. They acted on those letters, of course, to prove they were a hoax. A
0: hoax? That's exactly what Rudolph Wharton is pulling off. Don't you see? See what? Ah. Oh... Of course. You, you don't know about Ernestine and her sister. What about them? Th- that they look and sound so much alike. Could almost be twins, those two. How better was Eulalie that the chief got the letter from and talked to on the telephone?
4: That might work for one of your books, but how could Rudolph Wharton persuade Eulalie Mayhew to masquerade as her sister? Then she'd know that he had killed her.
0: Perhaps she does know. And is just going along with it? There's something else you don't know about the Mayhew sisters. They were both in love with Rudolph Wharton.
5: Oh, Newt, you're not going to the police about mercy, are you?
4: Honey, I have to do something. This kind of thing just can't be ignored.
5: You don't suppose that there's a chance she's right about Rudolph Wharton?
4: That he's a murderer? Now who's looking at our neighbors like a cop?
5: But why would Mercy do this?
4: Well, we know she's a little eccentric, and I suppose as a mystery writer, she may be inclined to let her m- imagination run amok.
5: Mm. Living all alone in that creepy house.
4: You know, there's hardly any furniture inside. Me, from what I could see.
5: Keeping her mother in that rest home must have been very expensive.
4: Mm. Yeah. And a rest home owned by the rich Rudolph Wharton, no less.
5: But she shouldn't be put in jail just for harboring a grudge.
4: Sending threatening letters is more than just harboring a grudge. It's all going to depend on Wharton. I mean, what he wants to do about it after he finds out it's Mercy. Maybe he'll be charitable and not press charges.
5: Are you going to talk to him or the police?
4: I don't know. There's some sniffing around I want to do first.
5: Oh, darling, if anybody can help Mercy, you can. I think I'm glad I'm married to a bulldog after all.
4: My first stop was the town clerk's office in Town Hall, a redstone castle on top of the hill. I didn't think it wise to chance Rudolph Wharton's finding out that I'd been checking for information on his wife. So I made up a story to tell the clerk that wangled me a look at the alphabetical file under M. It took only a quick flip of the cards for me to get what I'd come for. Eulalie Mayhew's present address in California, where ostensibly both sisters could be found. My next stop was the public library. With luck, in a small town like this, I'd find copies of the Wellesley High School annuals there. I did. Should be the 40s, I figured. And I was right. The summer class of 1941 for Ernestine, 42 for Eulalie. I placed the pictures of the two sisters side by side. Heart-shaped faces, light eyes, identical blonde hairdos of the pompadour and pageboy style of the time. (laughs) Even looking closely at them as I was doing, it was hard to see the difference between them. But did they sound alike as well, I wondered. I got a telephone number for Eulalie Mayhew from the long-distance operator. Riverside, California, information. Mayhew?
6: Yes.
4: Is this Miss Eulalie Mayhew? Yes,
6: it is.
4: Who's this? Hi, Lester Martin, Wellesley High, class of 41. Do you remember me?
6: I don't believe I knew you. I didn't graduate until a year after that.
4: Oh, I know. Your sister Ernestine was in my class. (laughs) I understand she's staying there with you right now. Is
6: is that right? Yes, she is.
4: Well, it's Ernestine I really called to talk to. It's quite important. Uh, Is she there?
6: Yes, she's here. Just a moment. Hello? You uh, Laylee? No. This is Ernestine.
4: Ernestine Mayhew. How are you? This is Lester Martin. Long time no see.
6: Yes, my, my sister told me you were on the phone. I'm afraid it's been longer than I'd care to admit. I'll
4: bet you're wondering why I called.
6: Well, to be honest, I I don't have the faintest notion...
4: Well, we're uh, planning a class reunion, Thanksgiving Day. The old football rivalry, you know. It'll be a real homecoming. Can you make it?
6: Well, I don't know. I've been thinking of perhaps making a trip abroad soon. Oh? Who else is going to be at the reunion?
4: Oh, Clarence Masters, Nella Mawinney. I was given only the M's to call, so I don't know about the others.
6: Then you uh, you wouldn't know if Patsy Oliver is coming.
4: Patsy? No, she's not on my list.
6: I'll have to think about it.
4: I'll send you a letter with all the details, uh, just as soon as they're worked out, of course. Thank you. You're welcome, Ernestine. Nice talking to you. (laughs) And you know something? What? You and your sister
6: sure sound exactly alike. Well, you must have forgotten, Lester. We always did. Trips this season to places that you may
5: have seen before. Stores. Out to the swimming pool. To the dentist, to the market,
3: we will take our car and park it. We're still taking a lot of car trips these days. But these days, most of them are short trips. Unfortunately, short trips are tough on your car. Because it never gets the chance to really warm up enough to eliminate harmful deposits. Things like rust, grit, and acid. They build up and before you know it, they start doing lasting damage to your engine. Short trips call for the high-quality protection of Quaker State motor oil. Quaker State is refined from 100% pure Pennsylvania-grade crude oil, the world's choicest. Then it's fortified to protect your engine against deposits and keep your car running young. Now that you're taking more short trips than ever, it's nice to know you can find Quaker State more places than ever. Quaker State, your car, you keep it running young. We'll return to our story in a moment.
2: Did you say God? Well, I know him By everything you say and do Did you say God? Well, I've seen him Every time
3: vision in American life. My phone call to
4: California gave me nothing to go on. But for some reason, I suddenly thought of an old friend in Los Angeles. A private gumshoe named Jess Dyer, who I knew would do me a favor. A little stakeout at the Mayhew house, and maybe some discreet checking with the neighbors. Meanwhile, I decided to drop in for another little off-the-cuff chat with Chief Torrance down at the Wellesley Police Station. I was wondering, when you talked to Mrs. Wharton, what did you ask her? Uh, Did you find out when exactly she left Wellesley and how she got to California? Anything like that? Well, I didn't interrogate her, if that's what you mean. No reason to. All I needed to know was that she was alive. I suppose so. Only... What are you getting at, Severson? I hope you don't have the idea that I didn't check thoroughly just because it was Wharton. No, no, no. I wasn't thinking that. There have been people in this town from time to time who've tried to buy me, but they've learned quick enough that I'm not their boy. I can tell that. Okay, I just wanted to set things straight. In case. Because I'm getting the notion that you've got an itch. An itch? That's what I call it when it happens to me. An itch I can't scratch keeps me up at night sometimes. A feeling that something's out of kilter, off the mark. Yeah. I guess maybe that's what I got. And I gather you're thinking maybe it's a place I can reach that you can. Maybe it is. What can you tell me about the Mayhew sisters, for instance? I I hear they look and sound a lot alike. Well, that's true enough, especially in their younger days when they dressed alike, wore their hair the same way and everything. Later on, they didn't do that anymore, of course. I also hear that at one time, at least, they were both in love with Rudolph Wharton. Yeah, I suppose they were. Had to be back in their younger days, too, before Wharton settled on Ernestine. I remember when my wife and I used to go to the steakhouse in those days. We'd see the three of them, young Wharton, as handsome then as he is now, with the Mayhew girls. One on each arm. Both of them looking up at him like he was God. Is there anybody in town, anybody you can think of that Ernestine Mayhew would be likely to keep in touch with, no matter where she is? Yep, one person, Constance Giordi, taught both the Mayhew girls. But Ernestine apparently always felt something special for her. She's the first person I tried to check when Wharton started getting those letters. And? Yeah. You notice I said tried. I asked her if she heard from Ernestine, and all she said was, wherever Ernestine was, was Ernestine's own business, and I should mind my own. Where does she live? Over in Back Bay on Oak Street in a little house
2: Ernestine gave her, scot Free. She's the one to talk to about Ernestine, all right. But I don't envy you trying. I
4: caught a faint movement of the lace curtain across the glass panel door. And I rang again.
7: Go away, whoever you are.
4: I'm not going to, Miss Giordi. I need to see you.
7: Who are you, anyway? I never saw you before.
4: I know. I haven't lived here in Wellesley long. I'm a detective from Boston, and I want to speak to you about Ernestine. Uh, Ernestine Mayhew?
7: I just want to know one thing from you, whoever you are. Is Ernestine in any kind of trouble?
4: I don't know. That's what I want to talk to you about.
7: Well, then come in. Whatever it is, it isn't any business of the neighbors.
4: I stepped inside into a room that smelled of oriental rugs and furniture polish. Constance Giordi peered into my face with eyes like a pair of shiny black marbles.
7: In the first place, you haven't even told me your name.
4: Oh, I'm sorry, it's Severson. Newt Severson? My wife and I moved here recently. Our house is directly across the street from Rudolph Wharton. Hmm. Miss Giordi... Do you have any way of knowing that Ernestine Mayhew is all right?
7: All right? What do you mean by that?
4: If you could tell me that you've heard from her, then...
7: I can't tell you that, Mr. Severson, because I haven't. Not a word.
4: Isn't that unusual? I'm told you're the one she's most likely to be in touch with.
7: If she chose to, but there's no reason she
4: should. But doesn't it seem strange to you that she apparently left town without telling anyone that she was leaving?
7: Oh, but she didn't do that, Mr. Severson. She told me. She did? Of course. She telephoned and told me she was leaving Rudolph Horton at last. Well, I told her. Good riddance. I hoped she'd leave him the way she found him, without a penny
4: Then Ernestine knew of your dislike for her husband.
7: Oh, naturally. I spoke against the man from the first moment she and Eulalie took up with him.
4: Eulalie was in love with him, too?
7: And I told Ernestine she should let Eulalie have him. Eulalie would have been a better match for him. She wouldn't have let the man walk all over her the way Ernestine allowed him to.
4: Then Ernestine and Eulalie were not as alike as they appear to be in the photographs?
7: Oh, they only looked alike.
4: And sounded alike?
7: Well, yes, yes, that was strange. One might swear that their voices were identical.
4: Then someone might talk to one of them on the telephone and not be certain whether it was Ernestine or her sister.
7: Yes, that's true.
4: In that case, Miss Giordi, the only evidence we have that Ernestine Mayhew is safely in California is this letter. Keith Torrance received it in answer to his inquiry.
7: Mr. Severson? This letter was not written by Ernestine Mayhew.
4: It wasn't. Are you sure?
7: I'm positive. Now, even I couldn't always tell them apart by their appearance. Often I'd have to look to see which one of them was speaking. But as their school teacher, I learned to distinguish their handwriting. I am positive. This letter was written by Eulalie Mayhew.
4: Pain's a little one when it happens to your child.
1: Camphophonique instantly stops pain of minor cuts, scrapes, or burns. What about infection? Camphophonique gently penetrates skin injuries to kill germs that can cause infection, so injuries can heal
2: nature's way.
5: Janie, feel better now? It stops hurting, Mommy.
2: For minor cuts,
1: scrapes, burns, Camphophonique, the penetrating first aid medication, stops pain instantly, helps prevent infection. Camphophonique. College only puts foolish ideas into a girl's head.
4: (laughs) Some men also thought women should never get
1: the vote. The thing some people used to believe. Even today, some people think all aspirin is alike. But the fact is, all aspirin is not alike. Bayer tested its aspirin against every leading brand. The test showed for quality, Bayer is superior. Remember, as with all medicines, read and follow label directions carefully. When you get a headache, get Bayer, the better quality aspirin.
3: The Zero Hour continues after this.
2: USO? Uh, Gee, I guess there must be one around here someplace. Yeah, let me think. (laughs) Hold on. I'll go over here and ask, okay? For longer than we care to remember, people have been taking the USO for granted... Sure, it's a place for servicemen and women, a place they can feel at home. Read, rest up, write letters home, a nice, clean place where the hamburgers are great and so are the people serving them. Tickets to shows, ball games, sure. Everybody knows that about the USO. But what people don't know is that it takes money to keep the USO going for our two million men and women still in uniform. It takes a little money spread out among a lot of people. Because USO gets no government funds. It depends entirely on your gifts to the United Fund, Community Chest, or local USO campaign. So please give. Our work isn't done.
4: I felt a chill when the old woman told me with such certainty that the letter had not been written by Ernestine, but by her sister. Maybe Mercy Bird, with all her talk of murder, wasn't so far off base after all but I knew about handwriting evidence in court. One expert verified a forgery, a second expert repudiated the testimony of the first, although I wondered who would dare to repudiate Constance Giordi. I was in the mood now to have that chat with Rudolph Wharton regarding Mercy's imprudent, threatening notes. I had a feeling I was going to find Wharton inclined to be lenient. I found him in his office in a building that housed a bank, a pharmacy, and a department store, all
8: belonging to Wharton, I presumed. He sounded even more tolerant than I'd expected. Oh, mercy. She never quite got over her mother's death. They were very close.
4: Yes, I gather
8: that. She blames me for it, as perhaps she's told you. You know, I've always thought that strange. It's it's natural enough to blame someone, the doctor of the fates, but uh, just because I happen to own the nursing home? Yes, that must be the reason for her sending you those letters, but... Why do you suppose she would accuse you of killing your wife? Well, she's always been fond of Ernestine, I think. Ernestine tolerated her. I suppose somehow she associated my wife's departure with the death of a mother. Two people she was fond of. Yes. I guess that's possible. She's inclined to be, um, eccentric. As I'm sure you've noticed, eccentric is putting it kindly. She's something of a character, all right. But harmless enough, I imagine. Then... Are you going to press charges against her? No, I I don't think that'll be necessary. That's very generous of you, considering the harassment she's caused you. Well, perhaps it might be well for her to see a psychiatrist. Uh, there's a good man at the hospital I could refer her to. I doubt that she has the money for that kind of treatment. Well, something could be worked out, I'm sure. Thank you,
4: Mr. Wharton, you're being most considerate. I'm glad. As a matter of fact, my wife and I have become quite
8: fond of Mercy Bird, and I wouldn't want to see her in any real trouble. Uh, by the way, Mr. Savison. I've had a call from my wife. You have? Yes. She was puzzling over a phone call she received. The caller identified himself as someone who'd been in high school with her. And uh, he invited her to a class reunion. What's puzzling about that? Someone's always trying to get up a high school class reunion. Of course. But then she asked the man if Patsy Oliver was coming, and he answered that he didn't know because she wasn't on the list. What's wrong with that? Well, Patsy Oliver was a very popular figure at Wellesley High in those years. I remember him well. Patsy was a nickname for Patrick. Oh. Well, I tell your wife not to worry.
4: Memory plays tricks on people. We all know that. Don't we, Mr. Wharton? I wasn't worried about that little blunder I'd made. I was only wondering what kind of call Rudolph Wharton had really received. Leaving Wharton's office, I threw caution out of the window by walking into the bank and making an inquiry about Ernestine Mayhew Wharton's account. I showed my Boston ID card, and after a long moment's hesitation, the bank official obliged. Well, yes, Mrs. Wharton has an account with us. A separate account of her own? That's right. I need to know what withdrawals Mrs. Wharton has made since January of this year. Oh, well, just a moment. That I'll have to check. Uh, You understand, of course, sir, this inquiry must be kept entirely confidential. Yes.
1: Yes, of course. Just a moment.
4: He picked up a telephone, and I wondered if he was checking with a bookkeeper or with Wharton.
3: Mr. Severson. Yes. I must say it does seem rather odd, but... Mrs. Wharton has made no withdrawals at all from her account since January. Chief Torrance wasn't going to like it. But
4: I figured it was time for us to have another little talk. I was right. He didn't like it. Damn it, Severson. I don't need this can of worms. I don't need it at all. I can understand your position. And it seems to me everything you've dug up is still pure speculation. Even Constance Giordi's statement... She told me she'd swear on her family Bible that your letter, ostensibly from Ernestine, was actually written by you, lately. That's the one thing I can't ignore, I'll give you that. Then the reasonable doubt is now on the side of Mercy Bird, don't you think? I suppose once you allow yourself to even consider the possibility of murder, town selectman notwithstanding,
2: you'll. Very well, Severson. Let's assume that we have a case and get on it. Yes, sir. Here's something to start with. After you brought up the subject,
3: I checked out the passenger list on the flights out of Boston at the time of Ernestine Wharton's assumed departure. And? And Eve Wharton flew out of Boston bound for Los Angeles on January 10th. If it wasn't Ernestine, it was somebody else. You, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, considering we're going along with this whole assumption, I suppose it could have been, although you'd think somebody around Wellesley would have seen her while she was here. They might have
4: and thought it was Ernestine. If you lately were deliberately assuming her sister's identity. All right. And what we want to find out is, if there was a flight into Boston from L.A. sometime just before the 10th, that shows an E. Mayhew on the passenger list. Exactly. Yes. I'll put it through offer of you service. My wife. I i told her I'd be here. You see, our babies do any time now. Then get on this phone, man, for heaven's sake. Hello. Hi, Brenda. Are you all right? When? I'll be right home. It wasn't our baby. It was yours. Mine? You can forget Greg Farley. Your obscene collar's still on the loose. He just called my
3: wife. You are listening to Mutual's presentation of The Zero Hour. When they change a plane
2: flight, I check to see if another is just as good or better. Fred Underwood,
4: Kansas City postal worker, probably knows as much about airline schedules as the airlines.
8: I want to give that extra service that goes with airmail. So I move it just as fast as I can to get it out of here. And airmail is moving. Now you can almost
4: always get next-day delivery to cities up to 600 miles away and two-day delivery anywhere in the country. Just mail by 4 p.m., use zip code, and mail from a specially marked airmail box. When I started here, it was all propeller
8: planes and trains. And back in the post office, mail was handled the same way it had been for years. Now there's jet planes and zip codes and airmail's really going places.
3: Airmail and zip codes. They speed everybody's letters. If you don't know a zip code, check your phone book or call the post office. Help us help you.
1: Use zip code. Young I may be, but
2: still I'm a man. Just turned 18 and I'll do what I can
1: to find me a To get trapped want to feel free instead. said
4: all over the world there's so much to do it's the call the sea don't you hear it too where do i go from here oh where do i go from here what about the new navy you'll get your chance at success learn an exciting
1: job and see the world call toll free 800 841 8000 that's 800 841 8000 or see your navy recruiter Be someone special in the new
2: Navy. I know where I'm going from here. Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense. A die in the country. I'm Rod Serling, and this is The Zero
1: Hour. Today's episode brought to you in part by Quaker State Motor Oil Campophanique and Bear Asprin. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio.
3: You have been listening to The Zero Hour, a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System in association with Hollywood Radio Theater. Heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in tomorrow and once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. This is the Mutual Radio Network.